Yes. You look like an 80s fantasy. Like you're lit. What? I I see like blue and purple and pink Mm -hmm. like in the lighting. Yes. Um, And it reminds me of like... Like you see a dream girl across the mall or something. Stop it. You're going to make me blush. Stop <laughs> it. Um, I, okay. So I'm full disclosure. We're recording earlier than the day in the day than we usually do um, because we have an event tonight, which we're very yeah. excited about. Uh, this, the virtual screening of a film that we worked on, the Duchess of Grant Park. And I, so I had a little extra time to set up my gear today. And also we recently watched Bo Burnham's Inside. Yes. And I feel like I'm going to probably talk about it a couple times in this episode, even though I know this isn't like, you know, the burning for Bo Burnham podcast or anything like that. Oh, my God. Stop it. No. But what if it was? Just no. kidding. Um, but so I felt after like, while one of the things I was wa- thinking about while I was watching inside was like his fucking lighting setup and how like amazing everything looked. And I was like, I really need to up my game. Um, I mean, I really identified with the whole um you know, buying new equipment and trying to make my whole virtual, you know, recording setup better and getting, I got a new camera and I got more, but like his shit looked amazing. And so I was like, oh, you know, I have a projector lying around that I'm not really using. And so it looks like a little bit like shit. I I don't know. Those of you that are watching the vidcast uh, on our YouTube channel, uh, Critical Crop Tops YouTube channel, um, can tell me what you think, but so I'm project. I don't know if you noticed, but I'm projecting behind me a picture from the film. Adam and so it's Don Quixote. Yeah, Javier. so it's yeah Toby and Don Quixote projected behind me on the wall, uh, like sort of as a background. Um, yeah. So I was really trying to up my visual game here because I feel like Bo Burnham really he really took it to the next level in his uh, special. And I yeah, I if you hadn't have said anything, I probably wouldn't have, have no- noticed it just because it's like so like in the the background yeah but, so it's meant to be um, subtle and also yeah. it's a shitty projector like i feel like it needs to be bigger i don't know i'm gonna work on it um this is well, the best i, I could do on short notice well with your camera fo- fo- focusing on you mm-hmm. it's not focused on the back wall so right. it's like you know but still like i can to- totally see that that i can recognize that that is adam and the uh uh, uh other actor is jonathan price and, jonathan price yeah um yeah that's re- really cool so I'm going to keep trying it out. Uh, and I ho- I don't want to invite comparisons to Bo Burnham's Inside. Obviously, my setup is no one like does. Uh, which, by the way, I want listeners. I want you to know that I did, that is not the only thing that I took away from that special is his lighting setup. I that I I I feel like my I, my soul has been transformed after watching that special, and I've watched it a couple of times now. And again, I realize this is not the you know. This is not a Bo Burnham fan podcast uh, uh, by any stretch, but I I feel like I can't not talk about it because it's so in my mind and it might come up because I feel like now listeners, I guess, first of all, welcome to the Adam and Andy podcast. Welcome. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Nicole. I'm your other host, Sarah. And on this podcast, we we worship the filmographies and TVographies of our two favorite actors, Adam Driver and Andy Samberg. And today we're talking about The Man Who Killed Don Quixote, which is a film that is a lot about the art and the artist. And so I feel yes. like I, I feel like Bo Burnham is going to come up for me today. It mm-hmm. just can't not come up. Okay. Anyway. Fair. But uh, listeners, if you haven't seen Inside, 
It's incredible. Fucking incredible. Wrap yourself in a very warm blanket and go and in, get into a dark room and, and get inside. It's really good. It's very good. Uh, Sarah, I thought you were wearing a scarf. Like, I thought you had, like, taken the, you know, scarf motif of this film and I thought you embraced it. So this is, you're telling me this is not a scarf that you're this wearing. This is a headband. Oh, my God. It's really cute, with though. With tails. So these are you attached like to my a, headband. You look like Stevie Nicks right now. You look like an amazing bohemian goddess. Aw, thanks. Um, I thought, I, the, I, I was like, I want to do a headdress. Yes. Like, with the- Something pastoral. Maybe. But I didn't. This is the closest the thing I had to a hedra. So well, you look amazing. I mean, it's who among us does have one of uh, like a wicker chair type headdress uh, that is? I who don't know indeed. the actress's name. Yeah. Angelica is the name of the character. But mm-hmm. God, we. I feel like we should just dive. I mean, we got news. Adam and Andy news first, but I feel like we got to dive in head first because yeah. I don't know about you, but I have so much to say. Yes. Me too. I feel like this is going to be a long. It's going to be a longy. It's going to be a longy. Strap in, listeners. This is going to be a longy. Uh, but first, let's get into some Adam and Andy news, shall we? Yes. Uh, so let me go ahead. I've got some visual aids today. Uh, so first of all, um, just there we go. First of all, uh, the Annette poster. Now, listeners. Second full disclosure. We're full of full disclosures today. The last time we recorded was several weeks ago because, Sarah, you went on vacation. Yeah. So uh, a lot of things happened while you, while we were not recording. And so some of this news is going to feel not like new news, but it's new for the show. So we're going to co- cover it. So uh, there's a new Annette poster, or there was a couple of weeks ago. So I wanted to, I don't know if you had a chance to look at it, uh, but this is the official poster for Annette. Uh, which, uh, if you're listening to the show, uh, maybe you've seen it, maybe you haven't, uh, but it's uh, Adam Driver and Marion Cotillard uh, on a very tumultuous ocean mm-hmm. with a big wave. Walking uh, up a wave. Wa- da- or something. Dancing up a wave. Dancing up a wave. It looks a bit like the, uh, the, the scene we saw in the trailer where they're on the boat. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know any thoughts about this or any general um, thoughts it looks about Annette. Very dramatic. It looks hella it looks dramatic. Very intriguing. Reminds me of a combination of some like ballroom da- da- dancing film mixed with the the per- 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 perfect storm. Yeah. 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 Um. Wow. Okay. Yes. It. It does. There's something. It is very nautical. You know, yeah. uh, I don't know if that I don't know that that's the focus of the movie, but I think it's interesting. I guess maybe we're if we want to take some meaning out of this, maybe this is going to be a relationship that's going to be on some rough seas. You yes. know what I'm saying? Yes, I, I, I think. think so. I think so. Uh, so the film is going to be out soon. July, July 6th. Yeah, July 6th, uh, which is not I not too far away, I think. But by the time we record next, uh, can will have already canned its canned up. Can con? What should I call it, Sarah? You're the it's, expert in French. It's can. 
can. Great. I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad that I'm showing how cultured I am by pronouncing that correctly. Anyway, uh, so that's the poster. Film's coming out July 6th at the Cannes Film Festival, which by the time we, re- next time we record, I think will be probably afterwards. I think after the film. No. Yeah, it'll be around the time that the film premieres. Uh, I think maybe afterwards. Uh, and then they also released uh, this uh, com- like special edition vinyl record Ooh. of the uh, soundtrack, which uh, during the interim, while we were, since we last recorded, I did send you a link to the song, you right? Did. It's now on Spotify. Did, yeah. did yeah. you have, I know it's been a while. I don't know if I've been listening to it quite a bit. It, I thought oh. it was fucking great. I really liked the song. So I've actually got it on my, spotify playlist uh i don't know if it, what you your initial impression of the song is if you i don't know if you can remember back that far yeah it was good um it wasn't something that i wanted to listen to again but it mm. was definitely good um i liked hearing his voice he yep. his singing voice is the same as his speaking voice um interesting which sometimes happens like sometimes you can recognize someone's mm, singing voice yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Voice. but like my singing voice is completely different from my my, my speaking voice mm. um but but adam definitely it sounded like like he definitely carried a tune but it was like his exact voice so it was very easy to to pick him out In, yes it was uh i th- the thing that i thought was really interesting and i i noticed this after multiple times listening to it is that initially when they first come in him and marion cotillard um in the song uh uh gosh I, my mind just completely went break it's not uh can we start can we start or shall we start or something like that anyway um, when he first comes in, his he's singing in a higher register and she's singing in a lower register, which I thought was really interesting because his voice is so low, his speaking voice is so low. So it just kind of made me think about like this, these musicians, uh, the, the Sparks Brothers, and there's actually a documentary about them out right now, directed by Edgar Wright. Um, that and uh, how I know that they're they are known to be kind of these unusual guys that have this really sort of interesting avant-garde music, and so I thought, oh, I wonder if this is like a, a sign of things to come of, of the of the this movie and this musical being like not what you expect. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm reading too in, too much into this, but I would feel I'm like, oh wow, they put him in the higher register and her in the lower register, and you would think it would be opposite. I don't know. It was just something I was thinking about when I was listening to the song. Hmm. Um, anyway, uh, that, so that's the special edition vinyl. It's like a green record. There's a little bit better of a look at it. I may have Bought ordered it, it of already. You because you have a record player. <laughs> I love records and I fucking really liked that song. Uh, so I guess I'm going to be hearing the music before I see the movie. Nice. Um, maybe you can come over and we can... S- like huddle over my record player and listen to it together cool (laughs) we have to huh i'm just joking no it's probably not a good idea to huddle because it's on a very high cabinet in the corner of the dining room and so we'd have to say i was like are you gonna take take that down we'd have to get on a stool no i could take the record down um but anyway so maybe we can listen to it together um if you're into that yeah uh i i embarrassingly because it's coming over from europe it cost me as much to ship it as to purchase it <laughs> it's absurd what? but i was like it's for work it's for my podcast so i yeah. i had you know it seemed yeah. like a good excuse right yeah um if so- anyone should have this record it's you oh thank you sarah 
Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really all the new. Oh, the last bit of Adam news I have is that uh, rumor has it on Twitter that uh, White Noise started filming today. Okay. So no pictures yet. Gosh, but I feel like he just did goo 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 Uchi, and now he's he having did. to jump into a new role. Like, yeah, he had a couple of weeks off. I mean, I don't know. Like, he was probably stuck in his house for a really long time. If I were him, I would be like, "Sweet Jesus, yeah, uh, give me all the acting roles." I think he. Yeah. It seems like he just really likes to be working a lot because I think even yeah. when he's not making movies, he was doing shows on Broadway and shit. So yeah, um, he seems like he just likes to work a lot. Um, I mean, you got to get it while you can, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah. the Hollywood is a capricious industry, and if you are in demand and people want to work with you, and you've got good roles being offered to you, like I can see not being able to turn those down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As someone who may be a workaholic myself, yes, maybe, yeah, for sure, possibly. <laughs> uh, all right, so that oh, last thing, uh, still from the film. This still came out recently, so here's a still from the movie that. Uh, it's a little bit closer up shot yeah. of that um, uh, ah. scene on the boat. I made it big. Anyway, there you go. There's wet Adam. Okay. Um, next. So n- moving on to Andy. Uh, so the big news is Brooklyn Nine-Nine finished shooting last week. Life or this good. week. It's done. They're done. They're wrapped. So a couple of, uh, and I'll put these visual uh, aids up on the, um, on the, uh, on the old Twitters. Uh, So if you go to our uh, episode link, which is usually pinned to the top of our Twitter page uh, in the com, in the the replies, I'll put, I'll put these pictures. Um, Anyway, so this was from, I think maybe Melissa Fumero's uh, Instagram. Uh, Anyway, this is her, this is a picture of her and, uh, Lord, uh, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller and Andy Samberg on the day they filmed the pilot. So that Who was something- Phil Lord and Christopher Mil- Mil- Miller. Uh, they are the they are writer directors, uh, and they directed the pilot. Uh, okay. They also um, they also wrote and directed the Lego Movie and oh, Spider Man okay. Into the Spider Verse. And okay. a movie called Miller's versus the Machines or Mitchell's versus the Machines, which is something that I just watched with my kids. Anyway, so this is uh, that was them on the day of the pilot, and these are some stills. Uh, this is a picture of Stephanie Beatrix, uh, Andy Samberg, and uh, Joe Lo Trio on the set of Brooklyn Nine Nine, season eight, wearing their masks. Um, and uh, this is Andy and the creator of the show, Dan. Uh, this was the day of the wrap. So I guess they're like giving a speech. Um, Who's talking? I can't tell. They both look kind of like a, a, Gen- generic white guys. A, 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 Andy. I mean, they both kind of look like Andy. Is he oh, the one well, speaking? Been, yeah. There you go. He's uh, oh. he's in the red. Okay. Uh, he's that in guy's the red. tall. Yeah. He's yeah. Well, I don't know how tall Andy is. I'll be honest. Um, well, yeah, so we don't know how tall he is. I guess that's how something you could stump me with, Sarah. Write it down. You could stump me with this. Um, and then lastly, we have just a picture of Andy's, uh, chair from set. So that's it. Bye. 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 Brooklyn nine, nine. Um, no, don't tell me now. Stump me with some trivia. I'm taking a note. Okay. Okay. Uh, so that's, so that's all the Adam and Andy news I've got. Uh, that is, um, so Brooklyn nine, nine done shooting. And that's it. So we'll be 
August 12th is when the show premieres. So, oh, here's what I was going to say. Because we always have to work things out on air. We can't do it in the privacy of our own lives. But uh, so I know we've been watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine in order. And I have a proposal to you. When? I'm just kidding. Go go ahead. (laughs) Well, fuck me. Um, (laughs) When season eight premieres. What if we put a pause on the rewatch and watch season eight in real, so that we're watching it week as they come out every two weeks? I don't. I feel like we'll be able to watch it even if we missed a couple things. Like we know that Andy, we know that we, we know that Jake and Amy got married. We know that they had a baby. I feel like that's all we know. I didn't know that. Oh well, you do now. Spoilers. Uh, um, you can think about it, but I, I honestly really, really want to watch the show. As it happens, and I feel like here's my proposal to you, Sarah, because I know that you, I, f- I know I can see that you're getting some trepidation here. What if we watch season eight as it's happening? Because I really want to experience it with the rest of the fans as they as it comes out, and then we'll continue our rewatch, and we will still watch season eight when it's time. But that will be so long from now, Sarah. If we wait four episodes at a time, it's gonna be like three years before we see season eight. Yeah. Um I mean okay. I I just I don't I've only seen the first like two or three se- seasons of of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, so I really don't know the story arcs sure. and um I, I really hate wa- wa- watching things out of order like it's one of my like pet peeves. Ooh. Um mm. well, we my, can, like weird things. We can like, continue to talk about it. Uh okay. but I think it'll be better to I think it'll be more fun to watch it while other people are watching it. Um, and then circle back. Um, and I, I do think it's not like, it's not like the handmaid's tale, you know, like, I feel like if there's a couple of stories that we missed, like, we'll it'll get, we'll get to re-experience it again when we come back to it after watching it all through. Anyway, I just want to put it out there. I just want you to uh, perhaps adjust to the idea of that happening. Listeners, maybe you could weigh in, tweet at us at AdamAndyPod. Let's see what the listeners want. Would you rather us continue rewatching Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Uh, we're currently in season one. Um, or when Brooklyn Nine-Nine season eight premieres, would you like us to take a sidetrack to watch season eight? And then we'll circle back to the rewatch. Uh, tweeted us at Adam Andy Pod. Tell us what you think. Um, and uh, I'll just, I'm just going to put it, I'm just going to put that in the universe. Okay. <laughs> um, you ready to talk about this movie? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Man Who Killed Don Quixote. 2018, right? Yes. Yeah. So, or at least that's when it was released. I think it was shot in 2017. We've got some information about the very tumultuous past of the making of this movie, uh, but we'll, we're going to save that for a little bit later. So for now, we're just going to focus on the movie and we'll get to back to that. Um, I did try to watch He Dreams of Giants, which is the documentary, could not find it. I tried. People on Twitter tried to help me find it. Um, it's not available in the U.S. Um, and I couldn't find it through my usual shady means either. So I I think because it was recently released streaming like in April and ma- basically March, uh, it was released in the U.K. and Norway online. I'm, I think it probably will be released soon in the U.S. It just hasn't yet. Mm hmm. Anyway, so I, I'll watch it and follow up. 
when when uh when that is available okay there's just like i just don't even know where to start uh there's just so much um, i like wrote down the plot and then i wrote down the bullet points of things i want to discuss well first i guess first of all like what do you know about the book don quixote do you know anything about it did you do any i didn't do any research on this i'm not gonna lie I also did not do any research on the book. I was like doing research on the film Mm -hmm. and then trying to like piece together what happened in the plot and then trying to like work through my own thoughts and opinions and like list those because there's a lot of that. Mm -hmm. But like in terms of the book, I did. There is an aspect to the book that I was aware of when I was a kid Mm -hmm. um, that I remember and that's the 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 only aspect that i remember and it's that the character sancho panza kind of play play placates and um indulges don quixote in his fantasies because don quixote the character is kind of I don't know if he's crazy or if he's just out of touch with reality out of touch with reality and so sancho panza the character in the book was kind of the like okay so he's an enabler yes um or uh, a someone who believes in supportive someone who believes in don quixote knows he's not crazy touch with reality but doesn't discount him doesn't like other people do okay yes so which is in line with how sancho panza is portrayed in this film like the correct yeah i would say so yeah um i yeah i think i considered looking up a synopsis of the book and i also chose to look at the making of the film more than the book uh i had i i just i didn't read it um so i'm going in here willfully ignorant i do remember the story of don quixote on a surface level i remember the whole thing about the windmills and and that's a very famous scene where don quixote is like oh the windmills are giants like i knew all that um but beyond that i don't I don't know how much of the movie is an adaptation of the book. Uh, it seemed like when we were watching, because I've seen this movie now twice. I watched it with you the second time. Other people that were watching with us had, I guess, read the book and indicated that maybe some of the scenes in the movie were scenes that were kind of remixed from the book. Um, but just, I'm just going to freely admit that I don't know that much about the book. Yeah, no. So we're really just going to focus on the movie then. Mm-hmm. Um. Sarah, I'm going to throw the ball to you. Where do you want to start? What's uh, what's your first bullet point? I guess my first bullet point is the character of Toby, played by Adam Driver. Just yes. like, who is this guy? So yes. he is a he is a commercial director in the mm-hmm. present day. Yes, he's rude to his underlings. He's rude to everyone. He is a straight up dick. He's a dick. He's a dick. He's a like, selfish dick like right right off the bat the first shot it's just like actually not the first shot the first shot is like from well he's in the the first shot we see of him is him in the chair not paying attention to yeah the shoot at all he's on his phone yeah and shortly thereafter we see that um his boss which i I looked it up the character Mm -hmm. doesn't have a name the character's called the boss okay played Um, by stellan sarsgaard yeah yeah and so he so the boss mm-hmm. tells him, look after my wife. And yes. I really like, that's one of, 
I really hate that. I want to put a pin in that because I feel like we need to have a whole bullet point just about the way women are treated, portrayed, and written in this movie. I have a lot of things to say about that. Oh, yeah, me too. Um, Um, Although before we get any further, just before I want to get back to Toby, before we get any further, did you like this movie? Did you enjoy this movie? I liked who I saw it with. Okay. Um, I liked aspects of it. I liked um, the uh, set design, the costume, like everything looked great. Everything sounded great. So Um, you appreciated the execution. Execution. Yes. The writing Mm -hmm. and the convolutedness and the ridiculousness um and the mm-hmm. length it was very long really bugged me <laughs> um it felt very long um it, yeah i'm gonna be real i w- the first time i watched this i did not like it the first time i watched yeah. it like a week ago because i knew i've seen a lot of terry gilliam's work before i've seen 12 monkeys i've seen baron munchausen i've seen time bandits i i'm uh as most comedy people I was a big fan of Monty Python so I've seen his work with Monty Python so I knew going into it that this movie was going to be fucking weird so I was like I need some time to digest and I can't do my usual thing where I watch the movie like right before the fucking recording so I watched it like a week ago and I did not like it um Mm -hmm. in fact I sent you a series of gifts because we have a rule we're not allowed to talk about the movie even when we watch it together we're not allowed to talk about it until the show so I just, but I sent you a series of gifts. And mm-hmm. if I recall, it was John C. Riley being confused from multiple mm-hmm. angles. The- uh, yeah. The, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Anna Kendrick looking annoyed and scratching her head. Right. Yeah. It's like, huh? And yeah. then uh, Michael Scott from the office whispering, is it over yet? <laughs> I did not like this movie uh, the first time. Um, of yeah. course, I thought that the execution was good. It's a well-made movie. Of course, I thought Adam's performance was excellent and Jonathan Price was excellent. excellent. Oh, everyone. Yeah. Everyone in the movie, excellent. Um, I I was surprised to, to say that the uh, now, while I still felt it, the movie was very long, still feel that. That gift stands. I stand behind that. Um, I found myself enjoying the movie much more the second time um, bec- I, because I think I was able to appreciate the abs- the comedy angle of the absurdity more like I think mm-hmm. I saw the comedy in the film more the second time whereas the first time I think I was just trying to be like what the fuck is happening yeah. um perhaps it's because I was like laughing <laughs> and yeah maybe because we were watching it together I think that may yeah. have made it more enjoyable um also I think I was able to see the pr- I think I was really leaning into the pretentiousness of the movie the first mm-hmm. time where I was like yes. ugh kill me please like yeah. people filmmakers like filmmakers like toby i can't stand them like i literally cannot um and toby represents like the most uh, like pretentious insufferable type of filmmaker to me mm-hmm. and uh i don't know that he changes that much uh through the course of the film but we can talk about that um and i think i really was bothered by that um but then when i saw it the second time i think i saw I think I saw more of the the parody or not the parody, but the satire of it a bit more the second time. Um, I still have a lot of problems with the way women are portrayed in this movie. And we'll talk about that. That did not change. That carried over yeah. from both viewings. But I enjoyed it a lot more the second time. 
I'll just say that. Yeah. So yeah, back to Toby. Oh, you know, you you yeah. go ahead. You go ahead. You go ahead. No, I mean, I already saying. said it. Let's, I I enjoyed parts of it. I didn't enjoy parts of it. it. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't great. It wasn't maybe something that really spoke to you. Yeah. But not miserable to watch like tracks. No. No. Wow, I didn't even get that sentence out. It's like you knew immediately what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> to- let's go back to Toby. So Toby is a commercial director, but he, everyone kind of considers him this artistic genius. So I just, I want to say that this isn't just a, fe- this, he is, yes, he's a marketing commercial director, but I think his backstory is that he was a, a film maker as a young person who had aspirations to be an artist and then because of his the attention he got from his student film you know the man who killed don quixote or don quixote i don't it was know called the, yeah at, was at it? some point he had a line that said it was called the man who killed don, oh, don quixote okay well um anyway his film attracted attention which got him the commercial work and now he's kind of I don't know. Do you think he's happy doing this commercial work? It doesn't seem doesn't like seem it. like it. No, no. He seems like he's just kind of going through the motions. It doesn't seem to be very fulfilling to him. Um, do you like Toby? No. He's insufferable. Um, I think he might be one of the least appealing characters that Adam Driver has ever played that yeah. I've seen. Yet somehow he's still fuckable. Like what is, I don't know why he's so, like Toby is hot, but insufferable. Like I wouldn't want to speak to him. Yeah. But yet he is super hot. I don't, I don't know if you agree, but that's what I feel That's how, I mean, he, Adam Driver just is good looking. So any character he plays is going to be hot looking. Um, Mm -hmm. But the personality will either like, and, like reinforce that or um make it more difficult to find him hot um this one definitely made it more difficult yes because you your attraction is based on personality Mm -hmm. for you which totally makes sense uh for me i felt i found toby to be very attractive and hot but i would not want to talk to him like i think he's somebody you could have a you could have a one night stand with him on a film shoot, and then but you got to get out of there before he starts talking to you about his favorite Fellini film. Like you got to get the fuck out. You got to get out. <laughs> you got to make an excuse and get out. Um, okay. Is there a significance between Toby the character now and Toby the young man making a film the film student is there a significance between those two guys difference between those two guys he seems more hopeful Mm -hmm. and more filled with playfulness yes I can Um, see that and there's not a cynicism he still is a dick Mm -hmm. yes there's not that still selfish like still selfish yeah and but he's not um kind of like a tired like oh he's engaged with his work yes but also still treats other people like props in his own movie i think yes which is a thing that he does throughout the movie is treat other people like props i think the journey we're supposed to see is him seeing that his actions have consequences i don't know that it 
changes him tremendously. And we can talk about that. But it is something that I th- I think that's the journey that he's on is that his actions as an artist have consequences. Um, young Toby is, yeah, I think that what you said, hopeful is a good way to describe it. Uh, more yeah, the engaged. First shot, the first shot of him as a young man where he's like far off, like mm-hmm. if you see Javier, mm-hmm. the sh- shoemaker in mm-hmm. the foreground. And then you see like him in the background, like coming closer, like just like his face, even though it's very small on the screen. Yeah. He just has this like, Kind of yes, like very dewy eye. Like, yeah, like you'd want to, you know, like maybe you know you're on set and you're, you, you know, you're on a location shoot and they can only afford one porta potty and maybe like maybe you maybe you maybe you give him a hand job behind the porta potty, but then you don't stick around to talk to him because he's gonna bore you talking about Peter Bogdanovich's films and you just you got to get out of there, you got to get out <laughs> before he starts talking about the Last Picture Show. Oh my god! All right, so. He's a commercial director. He used to be an artist. And he's having trouble finding inspiration for his Don Quixote inspired commercial. Yeah. Why is he have why does he have that commercial? That's very odd. I mean, if you're gonna pick somebody to make a commercial, I guess the guy that makes movies about Don Quixote would be the one, right? Yeah. It is kind of strange. Like, are all of his commercials Don Quixote based? Like, does he do like baked beans commercials with Don Quixote I is he doing not. like shampoo by the way what is this commercial for I don't think it, it they never tell us I'm not sure that it matters okay the <laughs> the guy that the account they're trying to get is for a Russian vodka but I mm-hmm. didn't un, I didn't know what the one for this was I couldn't figure it out personally I don't know if we, if we miss something listeners tweeted us at Adam Andy pod what the fuck is this commercial about we don't what know is about what should it be about uh, it's not. It's not about windmills. What pro- product would Don Quixote sell? Great question. What product would Don Quixote sell? Um, okay, let's see. So he's having difficulty having inspiration, and so like he. Okay, I'm gonna throw it over to you. What's your next bullet point? Because like we could talk about reality or what is reality in this movie. I feel like it's maybe an I don't know. What do you want to talk about? Well, the inciting incident that starts him off mm-hmm. on this like path the, to madness mm-hmm. um, is that he and Jack Jack ja- Jackie, the boss's mm-hmm. wife, look after um, my wife. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> uh, they they like start to canoodle is that the right word they, did you just say canoodle I mean, wait I guess you gotta so. back this up though because he's at the restaurant and he the the guy is bringing around a like bootleg films and he happens to have toby's student film is one of the films the bootleg films yeah oh so, the guy that yeah guy. that guy yeah that guy gosh i wish i had written what down that actor's that name the guy i don't want to call him the gypsy because that is such a insulting uh, Nate, like it's like a, it feels very, it's like a yeah. racist term. So I don't, yeah. I, I, and I realized that it just came out of my mouth anyways, but that's what they call, that's what ever other people call him uh, in the movie. Uh, but I, that actor was amazing. And every time he was on screen, I wanted more. I know of him. he was delightful. Yeah. Um, full of personality. Mm-hmm. So he had the film and yes. to- Toby was just like, what? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Sarah, can you imagine if you're like a big time director and, you know, we're at a restaurant trying to come up with, you know, 
ideas for your uh, tampon commercial and then somebody waltzes in with a bunch of movies and dick pic professional is in there? I'd be like, yeah, that's mine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm the director of dick pic professional. Um, anyway, so you were saying they they he buys the movie or whatever. I don't know. They, he steals yeah. it. I don't know. I don't so know. So Jackie kind of like works her way. They're like, making him- out. They're making out, and yeah. then the boss comes mm-hmm. and knocks on the door. Like, well, says, before that, while they're making out, he decides to watch the movie instead. Oh, yeah. Like, they're making out, and then he's like, oh, wait, there's a DVD player in here, which honestly is exactly what an auteur filmmaker would do. It would be like, I know that we're having a person-to-person moment here, but I actually need to go watch my own movie. Yeah. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) And then the boss interrupts him, yeah. Yes, and he manages to narrowly escape. He runs off, and the boss can only see the back of him. And he's, but he's wearing the hat. Remember, she mm. took the guy's hat. I didn't notice that the first time because I was like, how do you think Adam Driver looks like that other guy? Like, I mean, they don't look anything alike mm-hmm. other than they have black hair. It's yeah. not the same length. They're not the same body type. There's literally nothing about them that looks similar. So yeah. I wasn't really sure how the boss confused the two, the guy at the restaurant with Ad- with Toby. But um, it's because he's wearing the guy's hat. And I didn't see yeah. it the first time. Yeah. He's wearing the hat and he runs past him. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was upset. I think like I'm always upset by infidelity. Okay. Um, Yeah. He didn't seem to have any qualms about it whatsoever. And listeners, if you think that we're not going to talk more about the makeout scene, we will. Uh, I'm just saving it for my moments of thirst. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Um, Okay. (laughs) So I feel like. The next thing I'd like to talk about is how women are portrayed in this movie. Like women. The next thing? Why? Are we still talking about the other thing? What what other thing? Oh, like uh, we were talking about the. Oh, wait. What were you wanting to talk about? I feel like I still. Oh, no. I just feel like there's there's so much plot. I guess we shouldn't just. We should, I don't. We shouldn't yeah. Go through I, the plot. I'm no. not. Yeah. I don't want to go through the plot. I feel like if it comes up, we know that. So the basic plot, if you haven't seen The Man Who Killed Don Quixote, I don't feel like this conversation is going to make a whole lot of sense. But basically, he goes on a journey where he kind of finds himself in the Don Quixote story. He um, comes across Javier, who has decided that he is Don Quixote who was the actor in his student actor film actor in his student film and um and then Toby just ends up having to go along with him to mm-hmm. escape police yes um and and, and we're not going to I don't think we're going to yeah. go through the plot beat by beat cuz yeah. I don't even think that's the point of the movie is the plot yeah. you know I want to yeah. talk about the themes more okay. um so a couple of things I, I let's talk about the women I want to talk about that. I feel like yeah. I need to. There's a couple yeah. of things. Um, and right at the beginning, when we go to that flashback where we see Toby um, as a young man, mm-hmm. I mean, he's still young. I don't really know what to say, but younger Toby talking about his movie. He's trying to decide who to cast as Dulcinea. Mm-hmm. And he says that they need someone who's beautiful and pure. Mm-hmm. So, Sarah, what would you like to say about women? Oh gosh, movie. there's a lot. I did take notes about yeah. that. So we have two wi- 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 women who are pr- 
were like the only two themes. three if you count Sarah the the script soup and the or producer I'm not really sure Melissa oh he called her Sarah or and then she was like Melissa oh fuck sorry but then at, but then at the end she was like Melissa and he and she was like Sarah so, like, so they swapped the name so it doesn't matter what her name is of course it doesn't no because of course it doesn't yeah so but there's also the the wo- woman with the clique Evage who yes, led them at to the, different at the village, yeah. The village. But yeah. anyway, the two Mains. bigger main female roles are Jackie and Angelica. Yes. And Jackie's Jackie, the boss's wife. And the boss's wife. Yes. I hated I'm sorry, I just hated that. Didn't like that. But part. she is the I I hate this term, but I think the movie believes this. She is like sex crazed. She's like Yeah, they definitely actress. The, like the 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 the, the archetypes of these women are so uh tired and uh archaic yeah and i understand that the movie is about archetypes and maybe there's something in the film in the book that would lead me to believe that this is necessary but i just i'm exhausted by the by the idea that women are whores or angels mm-hmm. and that yes. that the men possess them and mm-hmm. and abuse them physically when they step out of line. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the kind of movie this is. Yeah. And uh, I'm fucking, I'm just so exhausted, yeah. Sarah. I'm so, this so, was the thing about the movie I disliked the most. Yeah. I enjoyed a lot of things about this movie. The women... Like, even if that's the archetype, like, isn't there a smarter way to comment on it than just it, have her, like, attack him and just be like, <sighs> like, she literally, like, the way she was acting, the thing she was saying was like, this is not a human per- person. This the way is, like, all the men talk about her and all yeah. the, a lot of the men were caricatures as well. I get yeah. that. But it's just like, I'm exhausted. I'm so, is there yeah. no other way? Was there no other way to have women in this movie other than to be like women are whores or they're angels and there's no in between and you can be an angel who's a fallen angel who's also a whore and i don't even like using the word whore but that's what they're saying in the movie right about to say that's literally what i wrote down i wrote down that jackie is the whore yes quote quote unquote yes and angelica is the the virgin quote unquote turned whore exactly unquote yes that that toby wants to save damsel in distress damsel in distress yeah and i and i hate using i don't like using the word whore mm-hmm. uh in this way that's, that's the archetype that's literally what they call her in the movie but also that is the actual name of the archetype okay yeah um and and nothing like you know anyway i i just i'm exhausted i'm exhausted by it like as yeah. soon as she uh jackie shows up in the limo the next day after getting caught by her husband with Toby, who he thinks is the other mm-hmm. guy. And she's got the big bruise under the glasses. Yeah. I was like, fuck you. You know what I yeah. mean? I was just like, fuck yeah. this movie. Um, and I, and I, I, like I said, there's a lot of things I, I liked about this movie, especially the second time around. The women were, was not one of them. Yeah. So I felt also the same way. So like, yeah, when I saw the bruise, I was like, okay, this is another situation. Okay. L- let me get to the next thing. So, Angelica, when she does something, I forget what she does to make her have to lick something off of her husband. God, the boot, boot. licking, the boot what, licking. What, okay, what did she do? Okay, before. Okay, I want to. Can we come back to that? Because I need to back this up for a second. Okay, 
Angelica, we see her. Angelica was in Toby's movie, the student film, when she was 15. So, Sarah, I don't know about you, but I spent the first like two thirds of the movie thinking that she was an adult woman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, And then when she's when they say that she was 15, I was like, excuse me. Like, what is the so Adobe is uh, Toby is an adult man. Like he, even if he was in film school, he was at least 20, 20, at the youngest, he was 20, mm-hmm. right? 18, maybe at, at the youngest. You don't I'm, get to film school when you're 18, right? You well, you to, can, you can get school. in, no, film school, you can do undergrad. Oh, okay. So at the youngest, he was 18, 19, which I'm going to guess he was in his 20s at least. He was, So, yeah. and she's 15? Mm-hmm. Okay. First of all, Terry, this is not the first time I've seen a Terry Gilliam movie where a 15 year old is sexualized. Mm-hmm. Um, Baron Munchausen has a scene with Uma Thurman, who was, a, I think, 17 when she filmed it, um, as Venus de Milo, like, nude. And, like, 17. I remember thinking, she was 17. I remember thinking to myself when I saw it, I was like, is this necessary? Like, is it necessary to have a child portraying Venus de Milo also, like, is it necessary? Was it necessary for Angelica to be 15? Could she not have been 18? If the idea is that Angelica is this innocent, ugh, gag me, if Angelica is this innocent character who's in a small village and then Toby blows through town and his movie has her like wanting stardom and she gets corrupted by that, can that story not take place with her being an 18 year old to start with? Well, then it's not a full cor- cor- corruption. It's just partial corruption. She, 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 the filmmaker wanted to us to see her fully corrupted. I from invite a child to. I invite know. male directors and Terry Gilliam specifically to consider that adult women are sexual and sexy, like a fully grown adult women, not fifteen mm-hmm. year olds. No, and that you can have an adult woman. Who has a journey. Mm-hmm. An adult woman can have this journey. She doesn't need to be 15. It was like yeah. fucking gross to me. Yeah. I feel like Adam did as an actor did his best to not mm-hmm. seem disgusting in the scenes with her. Like, yeah. I felt like he was there was something that was so, something trying to be friendly about it. But mm-hmm. but when you have a 15 year old girl jump into your arms and wrap her legs around you in that yeah. scene where they're in the desert filming. Yeah. Like it's there's there's no way around it you know and yes yeah. toby is a, as a, a years later i'm gonna assume there's been about a 10-year gap between the student film and the present day yeah. that's in my head that's my head canon um so adult toby is now falling in love with adult angelica which is fine um but like i the I don't, they, it wasn't necessary for her to be that young in the flashbacks and I'm grossed out by it thoroughly. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I just had to rant about that for no, a very yeah. long time. No, I'm, I'm so sorry. tired of it. I'm tired of it too. And I, I don't understand why she needs, needed to become an escort. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that, but I feel like that. No, sex work. I there's like, nothing wrong with sex work, but this movie portrays it as something is as wrong bad. with it. As yes. bad. Yes. I feel like there are lots of stories where sex work is portrayed as being this horrible thing that someone has to do because they have no other choice or they're. It's the they're ultimate like, corruption. The ultimate corruption. 
and um and she's ashamed by it when she she tells 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 him like you Mm -hmm. can see on her face she's she's ashamed um really i didn't think so i did not get that she was like and uh oh well escort work yeah i see yeah i think i think that was more like a uh, more like disappointment for her movie career not working out Mm. that's how i interpreted that less than okay i didn't feel like at least the actor's interpretation was that Angelica felt shame about that specifically. I think it was more like my career didn't work out. I, that's how I interpreted it, but okay. I'm not saying your interpretation is wrong. I'm just saying that's how yeah. I interpreted it. Okay. Um and she has a lot of bruises, like weird bruises. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. uh, like what is the what the fuck she at first I thought she maybe had some kind of skin disease, um but from a distance we can see lots of bruises on her body yeah, I don't when know she's changing in front of him in her bra yeah. as you do. Yeah. Yeah. As you do. Yeah. I don't, I didn't understand how women were portrayed. Like, I didn't, like, what I don't, I don't mean I don't understand how they were. I just don't understand how someone could make that choice. They're props. Portray them in this way. In the film. Like, Toby treats people like props. And I feel like the women in this movie by the director who made the movie on the real director treated them like props as well. Yeah. They're not human beings with any depth of any kind. No. Uh, Don Quixote gets. Uh, Jonathan Price's character Don Quixote gets depth and a journey. Even Raul gets depth. The the shop the sh- the bar owner, mm-hmm. and of course Toby does because it's his story. Mm-hmm. But the women are n- no. There's no journey to, for them. Can we go back to the the bootleg? Li- li- yes, thing? yes, please. Let's please can so we? What did she do? I missed the part before. Okay, so, and again, audience, uh, we're jumping around uh, the plot because we're not really going to summarize the plot. We're just kind of jumping around a topic. So I hope that's okay. Um, So Toby, during his journey with Don Quixote, um, comes across, and I'm going to talk, I want to talk about reality in a second and how it's used in this movie. But specifically, here's what happens. He's with Don Quixote. Uh, They they come across a group of people dressed in medieval-ish, not medieval. I'm not really sure what period this is, uh, but it looks medieval-ish garb. And it's the group from the shoot. And they're all doing some kind of party uh, for uh, the, the Alexi guy who's the Russian vodka guy that the mm-hmm. boss is trying to get the gig with. Anyway, Angelica turns out to be his girlfriend, question mark? Not wife. I don't think wife. Not wife? Um, okay. And so while they're there, uh, when and, and when Alexi is introduced to Toby, there's clearly a rapport between Angelica and Toby. And it makes Alexi jealous. And also he has photographs of Toby talking to Angelica while she's standing there in her bra as you do. Um, and so he, and Sarah, you know how I feel about people eating on screen. Like you checked in I with was, me. You I checked was, well, in with I me. I was grossed out. We were all grossed out. We were all grossed like, out. The what was it like an oyster? I don't know. It, I thought it was maybe like, like, like cottage cheese on top of a Ritz cracker with maybe some like, you know, uh, maybe some like salsa verde on top. I'm not sure. It was very moist and squishy. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it was a puff pastry. I don't know, but the sound of it was wet. It was like I'm not going to do it. It, was, it was wet. It was very wet. Yes. And and he bit into it. Props to the sound design department. It was revolting. It was disgusting. Yeah. And the creamy cottage cheese like mixture dropped onto his boot intentionally. Yeah. 
And he made her clean it up with her by licking it up. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Oof. So, so ah. she, she I th- like when Ooh. I saw it, like I, so I saw him eating it and dropping it and then her licking it up. But I just assumed that she had done something to displease him that made him be like, you need to lick this up. I think it's because her and Toby were joking and laughing together. Mm. And because of the photos of her and her bra. Mm. Yeah. I think he thinks that there's something going on between them. And so he, what she said is that she tells Toby he had to remind me who I belong to. Oh, barf. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I forgot that line. Yeah. Um. Well. Anyway, the female characters in this movie, I get that the it's based on Don Quixote, which is this old idea of chivalry, as they call it, and like women and damsels in distress. I, I get that. I totally understand that intellectually on a literature analysis level. But that doesn't mean that the movie can't think beyond that. And I feel like the movie can't think beyond it. And I and I'm fucking tired. I'm fucking tired. Yeah. So I guess what I went to say about the bootlicking thing and the um, the seduction Jackie thing and the the um, the punch in the her bruise all the violence against women the constant violence constant violence i feel like domestic abuse i feel like men who write that stuff feel that they always follow it up with the man who comes in to save them protect them help them is the savior character Mm -hmm. so they use the the violence to bring in the male character who will because so the the domestic violence becomes a a motivator, mm-hmm. a care, a, 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 an opportunity for character development for the male characters, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is what I fucking hate. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that's what ha- ha- happened here. Yeah, yes. And she even Fuck commented barf. on comment. barf. She even said, "Are you going to say to save me, or mm-hmm. like, are you here to save me, or something?" And I was like, "Ugh." Bleh. Bleh. Anyway, I so I I don't know if you have anything else to say about that. I feel like I I said all I had That's to say. It, yeah. Um The next thing I want to talk about, I think is directly related to my I don't like I want to give you an opportunity to interpret your what you think the whole th- thing is about but to, i was trying to kind of parse out what is the meaning of this film like what does don quixote actually mean to toby and to me the conclusion i came to was that art is destructive but also restorative and let so let me let me parse that out here one thing uh, is this the last point you're making no i have okay no uh, I have a feeling this is going to be a supersized episode. Okay. Um, but this is a theme that runs through the whole movie, so I feel like we got to talk about it. Uh, so art is destructive, right? To me, Don Quixote represents, is the representation of Toby's art. So he's this commercial director uh, who got this commercial work because of his art, and he's but he's forgotten that about himself. And I feel like this, in watching it again, it seems like it's really, they're really trying to lay this out for you. Then he like comes across the village, right? He finds the village where he made the original movie. He comes across Don Quixote. He literally walks through the movie screen mm-hmm. to Don Quixote, who then barrels into his life and kind of forces him on this journey where he has to contend with his imagination and who he, what's real and what isn't. 
right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the part where I think they talking about art being destructive is that literally everyone whose lives have been touched by Toby in his movie have kind of been fucked up. The town is empty. Raul is like a shell of a man. Angelica is, as we've said in the movie's eyes, doing stuff that is bad and her life has been ruined and she's this damaged goods. And even Don Quixote, even Javier has become this like crazy person who thinks he's Don Quixote. So I don't know. What do you think about that? Like, is, does the movie saying the art is destructive? Like, what is the meaning of all that? So it's kind of similar to that. And that I made Mm -hmm. the connection between um, the plot of Toby going to a different country and Mm -hmm. kind of like you using people as actors and crew and stuff Mm -hmm. and i was like wait but didn't terry gilliam go and shoot this in a different country and yes local people like Mm -hmm. is he commenting on his own self or is he like not even is he completely oblivious to the fact that that's a good question like it just seems so like blatantly like ah like, well, I mean, to me, it feels like whether or not he is saying this about himself, it seems to me that it, that when you make a movie, you come in and you fuck up the place that you're at and you use all those people. And then once it's over, you just leave them behind. That's what yeah. it that's what it felt like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just curious, like as a, a film, 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 filmmaker, how does Terry feel about that? Like. What is his opinion? I couldn't tell. I hopefully when hopefully we'll get that's why I wanted to watch this documentary. Uh, mm-hmm. Hopefully we'll get some insight uh, when we watch the documentary eventually. Um, but yeah. yeah, I think that's fair. Like I mean, that's literally what he did. And I mean, we didn't talk about this too far off in the past, but there was an actor who worked on this film who was very displeased with her mm-hmm. experience, who yeah. would argue that it was traumatizing for her and that that it was a, a something that came in and gave her a bad experience yeah a portuguese actress mm-hmm. um so i want to put a pin in the art is restorative part uh, a little bit uh but i feel like for a, a large part of the movie it's about toby just kind of destroying everything he touches he has a lot of opportunities to make a choice to be a better person and doesn't mm-hmm. but then it seems like once angelica enters the picture uh he starts to regain his humanity a little bit i don't know if you felt that way he seems like he the first time he realizes that other people have consequences as a result of his actions i feel like is when angelica is talking to him about at the lake or stream or waterfall and she's explaining to him what's happened to her since they last saw each other and he's like oh i really fuck things up for you mm. i feel like that's the first time he sees anyone outside of himself well, I don't know. The way he said that, like his tone made me feel like he was being like defensive and mm. accusatory. Kind okay. of like, oh, well, I guess I fuck things up for you. Oh, like, I did not I read know. it that way at all. I read it more as a realization. Like, oh, mm. I just realized that I fucked things up for you. I didn't even consider that you had a life outside of my movie. That's how I read it. Hmm. But it's okay for us to read I it guess, in different ways. I guess because her next line was, don't flap, 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 flap. Flat yourself like I would have done it anyway, or I was I wanted to get out of here, or mm-hmm. like well, she said I didn't um, want to do laundry for the rest. of my I didn't life. want to do laundry for the rest yeah. of my life. Yeah, um, which that response made me think that she interpreted him as being like 
oops, my bad. Like kind of, I don't know. Like, I think it was more like he did fuck things up for her, but she didn't want to give him the autonomy over her life that Mm -hmm. suggested it was his fault. Mm -hmm. Um, so what was your, ter- so again, like, I feel like Don Quixote is like his, his art and he's sort of getting more and more wrapped up in the fantasy of it. Um, one of the first lines that said in the film and uh, that is, um, and it's said by the assistant guy, we become what we hold on to. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like Toby's like holding on to this idea of what he was as an artist, but hasn't been able to carry it into his work you know, mm-hmm. in the present day and that ha- going back in and in ve- and sort of getting wrapped up in this fantasy um, gets him back in touch with his art, but then maybe a little too much because it seems like then he gets like trapped inside of the fantasy. I don't know. I don't want to jump too far to the end there, but I want to give you an opportunity to kind of give us like, what did you parse out about the meaning of this and, the, and his relationship to his art? I just wanted to talk about that. But what, what did I? F- yeah. Cause the, you've the, also the, the meat, the, the, the meaning of that line or the meaning of the film or I guess just like, you said you were trying to figure out what the meaning of it was. And I, 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 without putting any limits on that, I kind of wanted to like earlier in our discussion at the beginning, you said, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out like, what does this mean? And I just, you know, that that's oh. what I think it means is that Don Quixote is a representation of Toby's art and that he gets sucked into it and then later kind of becomes lost in it i guess mm-hmm. that's sort that, of that feels like a good interpretation i didn't even think about that um i i just had landed on i don't know no know what it means but, <laughs> um but that makes a lot more sense that i just like i guess i was I was kind of distracted by the fact that terry took so long to make this film and mm-hmm. so it felt almost like commenting on his own like like what you just said that i don't line, disagree like, you become what you hold on to yeah. it's like why are like, you still making this movie i know <laughs> I, I, yeah I, I i actually think there's no way to separate those two things and i also just to circle back to bo burnham's inside which is also a lot about art and the artist and uh i'm thinking specifically of like the fact that a lot of like throughout the movie don quixote keeps saying to Toby, why is everything about you? Why does everything have to be about you? And I, there are a lot of jokes in Inside by Bo Burnham about how, like, specifically, I'm thinking of a, the song where he says, "I want to do something to change the world, but ha- but but still get paid and be the center of attention." Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of the crux of the problem as an artist is that mm-hmm. in order to make art, we kind of have to look inside ourselves more than we probably should. You know, we as artists, we kind of have to navel gaze a bit. Um, but you know, we're also doing it because we want to be seen. Um, or we could just think about life and interpret the meaning of life and and or even make art and not show it to anyone, but that's not why we're doing it, right? We're mm-hmm. doing it, you know, I could watch an, uh, movies by Adam Adam Driver and Andy Sandberg and just think about them or just literally yeah. talk to you about them, but instead I gotta have a fucking show that no one asked for where everyone has to listen to me talk about it. So it's like we have this need to communicate and be seen and have our work reflected back at us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think that there's 
I think there's something to that as well. Like, yes, Terry Gilliam could have given up on this movie. Should he have? I don't know. But he, he was obsessed with it and he had to make it. And so uh, I think you can't really separate the obsession of the director with this story from the direct, the obsession of Toby with his own story that he's mm-hmm. trying to tell as well. I don't think you could separate yeah. those two things. Uh, so you, so Sarah, what did you want to talk about next? So I, I have, uh, I usually take issue with how mentally ill people are portrayed in mm-hmm. films. Yes. It's, it's, they're portrayed usually in kind of, a one-dimensional kind of mm-hmm. archaic kind of way without a lot of empathy it's like oh yes he's just nuts yes so i feel like that was still the case in this film i feel okay. like there were some characters who tried to uh pretend to be from that era the the, the don quixote era to kind mm-hmm. of make him feel comfortable and bring him home or um, yeah at some point the uh, guys from the village show up and challenge him into a joust trying to get him out of his headspace and come back home yeah. which um, was nice but i just i don't know i feel like reality is wasn't... very blurry in this movie um yeah so it's like did that happen did that not happen which again i appreciated more on the second time around the the fact that you could logically explain this all away in grounded reality but also that it doesn't make sense you know like yeah. it, it like it literally makes no sense um yeah. so is don quixote the mentally ill person or is it toby is Toby um, imagining all of this? Oh God, who knows? I uh, I'm just based saying on how it ends. I don't know. So who's the mentally ill person then? Is it both of them? Maybe. Um, is, I I, is I the agree with you. Transferred. I perhaps. I I certainly think there's an implication when. So of course there's. We didn't. Gosh, I feel like we're not even scratching the surface here. But there's this party, and then. You know, Toby wants to rescue Angelica and uh, they have this whole thing where Don Quixote does this performance where he gets Mm -hmm. really embarrassed, which again, if I want to circle back to art and how art is viewed, it's like Toby's art is on display and everybody's uh, exploiting it and it's humiliating for him. I think he's the one who's feeling humiliated in addition to Don Quixote is that he's humiliated by that whole experience. But anyway, he thinks that Angelica is being burned and then... Mm -hmm. Jackie is like attacked him wearing Angelica's face sex attack it's a sex attack and uh then Don Quixote comes up the stairs and Toby knocks him over with a you know knocks him out the window with a stone pillar or something and Don Quixote is dying and there's when he does there's this like lightning storm and it almost feels like there's some kind of soul transference Mm-hmm. between Don Quixote and Toby, where Toby has now become Don Quixote, right? Have you ever heard of folie a deux? No. It basically means the madness of two. Mm. And it's a French term, but it's it's a real psychological thing mm-hmm. where it's like... Mass hysteria? Um, no, the madness oh. of two. Okay, so only two so hy- it's do hysteria. Two, two people Got it. who are in a kind of like psychosis, mm-hmm. like state so kind of like us with this podcast yes (laughs) except we have people enable i know people keep enabling (laughs) us thank you listeners for enabling us anyway you were saying so yeah so this feels almost like i had that thought when he became like i guess the next don quixote it's Mm -hmm. like they kind of even though for most of it toby didn't really 
believe it or buy into it. He slowly started to, and then at the end it was like, oh yeah, like this is this is who I am. Like, mm-hmm. um, so that was uh, it's interesting. Well, he just transforms, you know. Like when mm-hmm. we see him again at the end, he's writing. They're writing. He's writing with Angelica because Angelica has been kicked out. And uh, don't worry, the listeners, we will talk Ancho. about that tango scene. Um. He's the new she's the new Sancho and he's she's even kind of dressed a bit like Sancho Panza and he's now wearing his medieval outfit and talking like Don, like saying the same things Don Quixote said it's a great day for adventure yeah. and uh he fights some giants like he really believes he's Don Quixote and we see the giants we see mm-hmm. what he's seeing so he's now become Don Quixote and I guess now him and Sancho Panza have a, he calls it a new relationship. So I guess it's like, yeah, Sancho Which Panza, was like, but I get to have sex with you. <laughs> but it's, I know, right? Uh, <laughs> like, and that was like a play on the line from Casablanca was it? at the end. You yes. think? I, he, it okay. Was, well, this is the beginning of a beautiful and interesting relationship. Got it. Okay. Well, it is like, a self referential like, movie. So I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I see. I yeah. see what you mean there. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And like, I feel like I, the, the word chivalry or chivalry. Chivalry. Is, is said so much in this film that I'm kind of curious, like to, to, Toby, like, is this, is this like, I guess one of my questions for you is, did he deserve this? Did to, Toby deserve, did Toby deserve what he got? What he, did Toby deserve to turn into Don Quixote? Yes. Uh, well, in order to answer that, I have to ask you a question first. Okay, please. Is Toby better off in the end than he is in the beginning? Probably. He it's, was a miserable per, 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 per person. And he seems in happier. He seems happier. Yeah. So does he deserve to be happier? Then is the question. Hmm. Hmm. I'm not sure if he deserves it, but it well, seems like he is a dick. Uh, but so maybe he doesn't deserve to be ha- ha- happy. Is he's now lost in his, he's now completely become lost in the world of his imagination. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, but which seems to make it seems to be happier. He seems happy. Yeah. Um. Did having to be someone he didn't want to be make him a miserable dick? Maybe. He seemed pretty Maybe. selfish to begin with. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if I can answer if he deserves happiness. I guess we all deserve happiness. If you look at the scale of shitty people on this move in this movie, is Toby the shittiest? No. Alexi is way shittier. Oh. Yeah, the boss. Alexi is the is. I think Don Quixote, Javier is on the on is one of the, I guess better people in this movie if you want to yeah. think about. But he's insane. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, Toby is not the shittiest person we know in this movie, but it, I guess he's happier. Maybe Angelica might be happier. Is she happier? I don't know. Now she's got to babysit Toby. So, <laughs> yeah. At least he's cute, though. He's pretty. Mm-hmm. It could be worse. Yeah. Alexi is is fucking disgusting. So. Yeah. yeah. You know. Okay. Can I ask you my second question? Yes. Why am I talking like this? Okay. I want you to talk like that for every okay. podcast now. If you, <laughs> if you Me. had written a screenplay or had an idea for a screenplay 25 years ago. Yes. Would you still stand by that idea screenplay? Now, is it Mr. Pleasure? Twenty five. Is year, it the movie ago? that I've literally written that we we're hoping to make? Sarah, I can't keep I, I can't keep my brain on something for more than 
six months. Like the like we Sarah listeners, Sarah and I are currently developing a feature called Mr. Pleasure. It's a sci fi I don't want I'm not trying to sell you guys anything, but it is like a sci fi comedy romance about a woman who falls in love with the sex robot she's created. That's the movie that we're developing. The mm-hmm. I the, the 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 because you and I have made so many shorts. The idea that we would have to hang in long enough to raise enough money to make a feature, that actually is hard to wrap my mind around. To The idea that I would work on the same movie for 25 years, it seems insane. I feel like I would have moved on, but I don't know. Maybe I just haven't met an idea that dug into me that deeply. Well, I feel like I at mean, a certain point, you're like, I can't let the movie win. I can't let fate win. I got to make this one way or another. I don't know. Maybe. Well, what I mean is like, I like scripts that I come up with mm-hmm. or ideas that I come up with. Mm-hmm. They have a shelf life. Like if if more than two or three years passes without me finishing the script or making the thing, then my brain moves on. Like not I, just moves on, saying- but like I mature past that sure. idea. And so what I'm saying is how could someone not mature past a 25-year-old idea and still make it? And why did he make it? And why? What is being? What is he trying to say with it? Why did it have to be told? I don't um, understand. Good question. Uh, I feel like maybe we'd get more insight if we watch the documentary onto why he felt like he needed to make this movie. Um, I do think that ideas can have merit beyond a three-year shelf life, but I think you would have. To, I think the movie would have to grow with you. So whatever draft of the movie he wrote twenty-five years ago, I hope it's. I'm sure it's not the same draft that we saw. And I feel like it would have had to have gone through many revisions. The the work has to grow with you. So I feel like if the work is growing with you, then yeah, like don't give up on something if you feel like I have to tell this story. Um, But I, but, but it, but it can't be the same draft. Like it has to grow. It has to change with the world around you. I mean, that's, I don't know if this movie don't, I don't, I, I agree. But, but is that because the movie didn't change or is it because Terry Gilliam the man didn't change. I feel like mm-hmm. the artist has to change for the work to change. Yeah. And I guess, I guess what I mean is that makes me sad for him. Well, he did get it made eventually. So I guess we need to give him some kind of applause for sticking with it. It's hard for, like I said, the idea that you and I are working on a movie right now that may not get made in a year or two, it may take us years to, raise the money to get but this movie you will not the be 65 years old when this is made you will not be 65 years old i certainly hope not if i am you you should slap me around a little bit <laughs> um are you ready for moments of thirst yes I okay have three moments of thirst you have three sarah has three moments of thirst ladies and gentlemen uh i have one two three four should I go first? Do you want to go first? Who should you go, go first? first? Okay, I'm going to go first. Actually, technically, I have three moments if I th- I've, I can combine these. Number one, the white pants. I could spend hours talking about those white pants. They The way they're like low slung, the way they just hug his tushy, um, the white pants were magnificent. And one of my favorite characters in this movie. Oh my gosh. Uh, in fact, lots of the costuming. I also like the medieval outfit he, he was wearing. That was super hot. Um, I, even though I don't like the character, Jackie, like I don't, not, it's not the actress's fault. I don't like the way she's written. The makeout scene was hot. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It was hot. There's like a shot that where it like, his, his body is like in the frame and his, they, his pants drop and she's in the background and he's in the foreground. Uh-huh. 
hot. That was fucking hot. That was some that was some hot shit. This movie is horny as fuck. <laughs> and I knew it would be because I've seen gifts from it. This is a horny movie. OK. And then my last moment of thirst is all the dancing, starting with the dancing at the beginning when he's dancing with uh, Melissa slash Sarah, whatever her name is. And then that tango between him and Alec- uh, 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 Angelica, perhaps one of the hottest things I've ever seen in a film. Mm. so hot see i find bad dancing sexy so you need bad dancing well he the bad, bad dancing. dancing was more in the beginning but yeah like her slapping him uh not that i like violence necessarily but it's yeah. like i he kind of was asking for it like he well, needed to be slapped the way they, the way they, they like, cut, it, cut it and then like yeah. the when they finally came together and they were like dance, it was like god it was just like oh my god so hot um i would just watch that on repeat to be honest with you um, and those are my moments of thirst. My moments of thirst are, uh, in the scene with J- Jackie where he jumps on her. Mm-hmm. Like there's a moment where he like pounces. Yes. And like yep. throws her back. And I'm just yes. like, Ehh! absolutely. Um, and my next moment is the show tunes mo- mo- I moment. I knew it. When he was singing the show tunes, I was like, this is going to be on Sarah's moments of thirst list. Guaranteed. But what's funny is it's not. Like show turns aren't I know I know me, I just thought you think it was, it was cute his adorableness yes. yeah his like ah he was like, like so yeah cute total theater um, nerd love it third moment is at the end when he he gets knocked out and he looks at um mm-hmm. at Angelica and goes Sancho <gasps> I and agree he, like, he has was the accent he was so, so cute. cute oh my god yes concussed and adorable <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. As you would imagine, I'm normally up for pretty much anything in the bedroom, but I can't tell if what happened was weird or sexy. Shall we do some Adam and Andy trivia? Yes. Let's do some Adam and Andy trivia. So yes. we, it's a little unusual today. Um, I wanted to talk a bit. So Sarah, I'm going to take the reins from you today. I'm going to take the ball from you if that's okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I wanted to just, now we haven't seen the documentary yet, so I'm sure this will fill in some blanks for us, but I want to talk to you a little bit about, because we know that there was a lot of difficulty in making the movie. So I just wanted to talk about that a little bit and maybe we'll circle back to it eventually when we actually watch the documentary. So here's some facts some facts about how long it took to make this movie. Uh, it actually says Gilliam started making, started working on the film in 1989. Uh, I was uh, in fourth grade. Uh, it was, he was unable to secure funding until 1998. I was in high school. God. Uh, when it entered pre-production with a budget of three point uh, thirty two million. Uh, Gene Rockford was the original Don Quixote. Johnny Depp was the original Toby. How do you feel about that? Johnny Depp is Toby. Problematic, that guy. Johnny Depp. But Toby is a problematic character, too. So I can see how 90s Johnny Depp would have fit into this. Yeah. Um, Shooting started in 2000, um, but the sets and equipment were destroyed by flooding. Uh, uh, Rockfort, who was playing Don Quixote, became ill. Uh, They couldn't get insurance for the production, and they eventually had to shut it down. So there is a documentary called lost in la mancha which i also was planning to watch but i didn't get around to uh, which is about that movie um so gilliam tried to kept trying to get the movie up and going between 2003 and 2016 uh, other people who might have played toby were uh ewan mcgregor 
Jack O'Connell, who I don't know who that is. Um, Robert Duvall, Michael Palin, and John Hurt were all of, at one point playing Don Quixote. Um, Johnny Depp eventually became disinterested in the project and, ha- and backed out. Um, and then uh, John Hurt, I guess, who was the last Don Quixote before Jonathan Price, uh, unfortunately was diagnosed with cancer and he passed away and was not able to play Don Quixote. So in 2017, filming started with Adam Driver as Toby and um, and Jonathan Price as Don Quixote. Uh, the film was complete in June 2017, um, 17 years after it was started. So it was 17 years, not 25. Um, and then it premiered in 2018 at the Cannes Film Festival. Uh, they had a lot of, they also had trouble distributing the film, which is probably uh, why people didn't see it for so long. Uh, there was a per- dispute with the producer of the film. And so Terry Gilliam had trouble getting it released. Um, although eventually it was released in the United States in April, 2019. So that is the story of the man who killed Don Quixote. Wait, but if, it was if he wrote the script in 89 that well would he be... said he tried to make it in 89 it may be that he wrote it before that but he the the, so the 89 to 2017 yeah. is like almost 30 years right i th- i guess what they mean is it's 17 years from the time he started filming it the first time okay but yeah you're right he wrote the script in 1989 and so that's fucking 31 years 32 years that's like a whole ass adult. Yeah, that's a whole ass me. I was born in <laughs> eight, 88. Wow. So this movie is like Sarah. This movie is your contemporary. It's as it old is. as you. <laughs> uh, so listeners, we are planning on watching. Uh, I'll at least watch the man, the ma- ma- man lost in La Mancha or whatever. I'll watch that. Um, and uh, and then eventually when. He dreams of giants is available in the U.S. for us to watch. We'll watch that. We'll follow up with you guys there. But that's yeah. you know that's I just wanted to get into the the weeds a little bit with uh, yeah. the difficulties making this film. Oh, you look awesome. Come the fuck upstairs. <laughs> okay. But wait, I have to worry about something. What? If you come up here, I'm gonna tie you to my bed and keep you for at least three days. I'm just in that kind of mood. Okay. Uh, we're not spinning the wheel this week because uh, we know what we're watching. We are Brooklyn watching nine, Brooklyn nine. Nine-Nine. So let me just pull up uh, the episodes that we'll be watching this week uh, or for next week, I, I should say. Uh, so episode, we'll be watching listeners uh, season one, episodes nine through 12. Okay. So we'll, uh, the name of the, the episodes are Sal's Pizza, Thanksgiving, Christmas, so we're gonna get some holiday episodes and the Pontiac Bandit. Ooh, ooh, the Pontiac Bandit. That that means we get um the oh, I'm so excited. Uh I love that character. So Sal's Pizza. Here's a synopsis of each. Uh Jake's favorite pizza place burns down, and he's determined to prove the owner was not responsible. Uh Thanksgiving. Amy hosts a Thanksgiving dinner at her apartment for everyone at the precinct, but it turns into a disaster. Uh, Christmas, when Holt receives death threats, he surprisingly puts Jake in charge of his security. And Pontiac Bandit, Jake convinces Rosa to make a deal with a criminal in order to catch a car thief uh, while Charles makes an awkward return to the precinct and Holt tries to get rid of two puppies. No. Well, maybe they didn't get along with Cheddar. 
Uh, so that is, uh, those are the episodes we're going to be watching next. Uh, so Yay. listeners, it will be back on Brooklyn Nine-Nine next time we see ya. Um, Sarah, all this navel gazing. I, I, you know, uh, I'm looking forward to watching something. Uh, look, I'm, I'm glad we watched this. I feel like it's interesting that we watched this and inside so close together yeah. because yeah. they're both about artists, artists and the art and whether art is destructive or healing. Um, I felt like I didn't feel like healed by watching the man who killed Don Quixote. <laughs> um, but I did feel healed by watching inside. Yeah. Uh, so those of you guys who so haven't seen it yet. That, that so go watch that. Well, but we didn't actually go through this, but if you're a fan of Adam Driver's work, would you recommend this movie? Dot, the Man yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He did a great job. He was in so this. good. Um, good. And if nothing else, watch it for the white pants. Like I felt the white pants to be very restorative. I felt oh, restored man. by the white pants. I didn't even know he wore white pants, to be honest. Well, Sarah, we've talked we have, about... We have issues. I, I, don't, I have issues. Sarah... No, I'm, saying, I'm saying we have a disconnect because I can't see cloak, cloak, clo- Well, you don't see anything from the neck down. That's true. You are you have crotch blindness. If they're wearing a hat, I, I see So the you hat. saw You're the right. hat. What about You're the right. scarf? I saw the scarf, yes. So everything below the scarf, it was like below blurry to you. Yes. So... So, you know, I have issues. You, it's, it's um, it's okay. It's you problem. experience the film from the shoulders up, and that's fine. That's good. You're still getting. There's still a lot to look at. I from hear the shoulders the words, up. 